0: Microphone check one, two, here we go. My name is Hartley Lloyd Pack and you're listening to Mixtape Assembly where guests tell stories about the songs, lyrics and poems that have meant the most in their lives. This episode features the much-loved actor Jimmy Akinbola. Years ago I was lucky enough to see Jimmy on stage at the Crucible Theatre in Blue Orange and since then his career has gone from strength to strength. Whilst continuing to work prolifically on stage, including a famous performance as Othello at the Hammersmith Lyric, Jimmy has developed a reputation as a scene-stealing comedy actor on TV. You might know him as Crack Fiend Mick, from the BBC's Rev, or Valentine, the exuberant DJ in Sky One's In The Long Run, created by and starring Idris Elba. More recently, Jimmy has taken on hosting duties in the comedy panel show Sorry I Didn't Know, which has been commissioned by ITV to mark Black History Month this October. In his mixtape assembly, Jimmy reflects on the music, lyricism and poetry that has inspired him to become the accomplished actor he is today. He talks about listening to the Wu-Tang Clan in his dressing room to get him hyped up to perform Chekhov ponders what Shakespeare would have made of Grimes' clashing culture and reveals the time he had to hide from a sword-wielding angry mob who stormed the Birmingham Rep in 2004 whilst he was performing in the controversial play Beshi or Dishonour by British Sikh playwright Gurpreet Kaur Barty. To begin with though, I asked Jimmy about the song that reminded him most of his school days growing up in Canning Town, East London.
1: so like the, the, the songs thing is, you know like, like you know i think i had sent you a, a last minute message and just like ah you know i was looking at i was looking at the questions and I, I was like yeah that song reminded me of that time but then also i can't i find it hard to have one song so i don't know i know, I know it might mess up the formula the format of your no yeah so. I,
0: yeah i appreciate that because I, I think if i was doing it myself i would really struggle so i can see yeah, yeah. Can see how hard it is um I was glad you mentioned the, the thing you texted me about yesterday maybe maybe we could start with with that question first then if um yeah if, if, yeah yeah yeah, if to, yeah talk yeah. about the song that kind of reminded you of, of growing up and being in school
1: yeah yeah so um for me um uh, when I was uh, when I was growing up uh, and I was at school Wu-Tang Clan when, when, when Wu-Tang Clan when they came out it changed the game for me for so many reasons because I was a massive fan of martial arts, you know, and I was a massive fan of sort of hip hop and rap, you know, you had your sort of public enemies, your NWAs, Ice-T's, Ice-Cube, you know, all that thing, um, Buster when he was on his own, but there was something powerful about, I felt like Wu-Tang Clan was just like, they were, they were uh, shining a spotlight. I think you know, in terms of you know, there's so many songs uh, uh, throughout that first album from Wu Tang Clan, but like that really changed. It changed the way that I I saw sort of hip hop and rap. You know what I mean? I was like, actually, yeah. There's so many different levels. There's so many different. Uh, people got so many different styles. Do you know what I mean? You can have mm. KRS-One conscious, uh, common, do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. And then at the same time you've got you've got someone like the Wu-Tang Clan, you know what I mean? Or you've got, I don't know, there's, there's so many to name. You've got Nas, you know, and then mm. you got Jay-Z. And it, and, and, I, and I think it, the Wu-Tang Clan for me was the first time that I really sort of noticed, noticed the differences. And, and felt like this is me, you know, this is me. I'm still interested in all the other stuff, but this for me, you're yeah, combining yeah. sort of street culture with like, you know, Asian mythology. you. I mean? Kung Fu. I was just like, this is amazing. And there's more than one of you. There's like, there's yeah. a whole, there's a whole roster of you. I think,
0: yeah. I think for me, that's the, the, the most, cause I'm a massive Wu-Tang fan. And for me, that's the most amazing thing. There's so many of them in the group. And that they managed to have like a cohesion and, mm-hmm. like, and, and, and like consistency across all different artists involved and in such different styles. And that seems to be just such a pinnacle they've reached as a group. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what other group have actually been able to sustain it and do what they've done. And I think they were their own deals as well. And, and yeah, you had some other names that popped more than others, but as a collective, they were just awesome. And then I think, through like my school time. And I think that next um, uh, Killer Bees, that Killer Bees song, I think I might've been just in college then, that, that Killer Bees song, just, oh, I was just like, a Triumph, I think it's called Triumph. It
0: just, oh, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cause that's, that's how I got into Wu-Tang, because I'm obviously a, a little bit younger than you. So I was, when Triumph came out, it was on the box and MTV, the video, um, and then the Wu-Tang, Forever, the Wu-Tang Forever album, I got into that and then went back to 36 Chambers, um, yes okay but for you for you it must have been amazing to be to be actually at the time when 36 chambers came out that must have been a touch
1: amazing honestly it was amazing i just like in those days you know yeah Look at those show my age but like you just on the walkman or whatever I was on the train going to school or, or, or mm-hmm. uh, on the bus going to school or going to college and and just just being able to listen to the album from start to finish but also the the, the imagery as well of of they still you know, it was still like the money, the clothes, the women, but there was so much more behind that as well. there was there was just so much more detail in their work and and i and I felt like, you know, sort of martial arts, you know, sort of bandanas, motorbikes, you know it was it was yeah. they were like films, basically, all their songs were like films for me, like in, in, yeah. in a different way and a lot of the other artists and and um and uh and then look like method man I mean so many but like when, I
0: was I, gonna I was gonna ask you if I had to put you on the spot and choose a favorite member who, who are you gonna say I,
1: oh guys I think I think it's I think it's I think it's method man I, I knew you was gonna do this I think it's <laughs> I think it's Method Man, but Ray can't. Oh God, there's too, many. Ah, there's it's, too it's,
0: many. It's very hard. I was. I would have like originally. I always said Meth. Meth was always my favorite. Um, but then as I've kind of gone older and listened to more of the individual albums, I'm. I'm saying I'm Ghostface now. Ghost is my main guy. Like yeah, God. Um, I. But, I, I like, think and you, Ray Ray's up there as well, of yeah, course. Like, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I mean, in some ways, I think you could. The big test is to do it. Per like track or album, do <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, yeah. and sometimes when they're together, like certain verses, do you know what I mean? There's certain verses, I would like you know someone else better than the other, but uh, other person, you know. Um, but but it's something like you know, Method Man when he riffs, you know, in the voice, you just you, you just can't stand yeah. still, you know. I know. Um, his that. He, he's
0: his that. His rhythm. You can't touch his rhythm, no way, yes. and his
1: flow as well. That, yeah, exactly. And those, um, up, yeah, and those songs for me, they were my, they, they were my hype songs as well. In terms of, as an actor, I was still learning, but like, it sort of gave me confidence before I would go and perform. You know what I mean? And and they would be my hype songs. You know what I mean? It, it's weird. They would they would get me in the zone and and. Uh, and sort of channel my confidence for me to go and do something. Even if I was going to go and do a checkoff, <laughs> it would still really help me enable me to get into a certain place of of confidence and expression, you know. And um, and and it's weird. There are certain songs if I hear them, I, I immediately have that feeling, you know. And I still use them to this day, as you know, and even more so to this day because of. The type of work that does come uh, to me at times, it really, it really helps. It really helps, uh, you know. And um, as well as, I like some of the tracks that they've got where there's there's a lot of vocal on it as well. Do you know what I mean? Uh, can it, you know? How was it? Oh, I forgot the name of it. Can it be so simple back then? And you know, it just there's this nostalgic sort of vibe and sound but what they're saying sometimes it would make me think about my upbringing as a as a, as a young black kid in east london you know plaster can in town you know and it, and, it, and it's all different it's different but there's a there's a knowing about it Do you know what i mean there's a knowing about it and uh and uh and there's an excitement i think you know they were you know young they were a young group as well and and i think in some ways they were the U.S. version of before, like, the so Solids, you know what I'm saying, you know? And, and it was really powerful and to see uh, a, that many people sort of winning, doing really well at that level, and their own, their artist ownership, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. I can talk about it more now, being old, but I, there was something in that that was going, God, look at what they're doing, but I'm an actor. How can I sort of bring my vibe to... To, to what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? I, I felt like mm. I sort of, I was receiving something from them and I wanted to sort of translate that in my work in some ways, you know? And and it's, yeah, I, like I say, it's, you sort of go, oh, how do you put that into Chekhov? I don't know. Maybe it's just, but I think it's just like a frequency. Do you know what I mean? It's just something that, again, I think something about that confidence and that buzz and that connection that, that just made me Able to sort of get out of my head and really sort of uh, deep dive into this into this you know world of Anton Chekhov.
0: <laughs> I mean yeah I mean because it's, it's interesting you mentioned that kind of the, the, the comparison with someone like Chekhov and 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 hip hop because looking at um another one of your choices I was it made me think again about um, the, I'm thinking of the, the the piece of Shakespeare that you've chosen and um, some of the, the kind of less obvious links to, to kind of rap styles that people wouldn't always realize. Mm-hmm. So m- maybe we can, mo- we can move on to that now. So this, yeah, this question's around a, a, favorite, a favorite speech from a play. Did you want to just introduce the play and the
1: speech? Yes. Um, the speech is from a Shakespeare play called Titus Andronicus. And uh, it's, I think it's act five, scene one. And uh, I remember I think I was about 17 when I came across this speech, maybe just turned to 18, and um, I had a big fear of uh, Shakespeare, that it's like I didn't understand it. it wasn't for me, you know? Uh, It wasn't for me, working class boy, it wasn't for me because of the color of my skin and you know, all these things that, we can that's another thing to get into but for some reason they were there and a lot of people talk about it it doesn't matter where who you are where you're from but there was something that Shakespeare. for some reason there was a feeling for me that Shakespeare was for the the elite or certain higher class you know uh and um and yet when i read i think yeah i just you know like most actors you've got to learn a speech and then i went looking and I think I just found this speech and I was like, I know exactly what's going on here. This guy is, is in trouble. He got caught and he's proud of it. He, he doesn't give a damn and he's going to go out all guns blazing. And, and it was the first time that I read Shakespeare. And I was like, I felt like I knew what every line meant. And uh, for me, after that, I read the whole play, you know, I read the whole play and and uh, it felt like I was reading a uh, pulp fiction, you know, or Reservoir Dogs, you know, or uh, I don't know, a version of, uh, of Boys in the Hood, all those, like, these, 90, these 90s iconic, like, fresh or or oh, oh, Scarface. Do you know what I mean? I, I just felt like I was reading. these really great. Yeah, a bit violent. <laughs> but he's great gangster movies, you know. And But it's a Shakespeare play. And um, and I just connected with it. And and then the second thing that happened to me is one of my, uh, I think it was one of my drama school teachers. <laughs> it's really good because, you know, we're in a place where there's been a lot of things from drama schools recently about, you know, systemic racism and stuff like that. But I don't. This 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 teacher did something really nice. He was he was just telling me that I don't have to just do the speech because the character's black. <laughs> and I looked at him like, I was like, what are you talking about, bro? I'm very What are you talking about? This guy's black. He's like, Yeah, he's a he's a Moor. I, I for some reason I miss that. But so this,
0: is, this is Aaron,
1: Aaron, Aaron, Aaron more sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Aaron, Amour. and I, all I knew is that you had the Othello, and then, you know, I think some other guy Merchant of Venice, didn't you know I mean? I was like, mm-hmm. what? I would I'd never heard of Aaron more. So it was a beautiful thing he did, you know, cause I could see him sort of treading carefully. But I was like, it made me even more determined, excited to, to learn the speech and do it. You know, I was like, oh my gosh. And, and this guy is, this guy's the villain as well. You know, you know, and, 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 and he's, and he, he looks like me and, oh my God, I, I've got to do this character. It's, this is, this is almost like the Iago, you know, but he's black. I was like, just things unlocked in me. And I literally learned that speech. And to this day, I've never forgotten it. You know, it's that I actors asked me for advice. I was like, it's always good to have a speech in your back pocket, you know, that you might do an audition and they're like, mm, you're good. Have you got anything else? And it's always good to have that in your back pocket. And this one has always been in my back pocket because I, I connected with it straight away. And because there's something in, he's the proud man. You know, he has a baby with the, with the queen and it's, it's it's so funny, right? We, we we talk about the the power of you know um Black Panther, you know, and, and the hero, you know, and, and, and like a black superheroes. There was no doubt it was gonna be a success, you know. And yet mm. there's a little bit of me when I think when I look at the Shakespeare, you know. I didn't love Othello. I've played Othello. I didn't really love it. I felt like oh I get him. Iago's running rings around him. You know what I mean? I thought there was something in that. I was like, mm, comes across as a bit stupid at times, Othello and and yet there's something in Aaron that reminded Aaron that reminded me of the 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 cleverness of Iago. You know, he's very manipulative and and, and the performer in me. It's like it's so good to be able to play this awesome villain, you know, and and I think if you look across the rest of Shakespeare's, you know, work, there's not there's not any other character like Aaron, you know, and um, and so from a person that I, you know, I've done bits of comedy and and I think my journey as an actor, you know, I'm just. feel like I'm a cool guy but I would always get like nice soft parts I was always gravitating towards something a bit more gritty and darker uh, because I think that interested me I think that was with having older brothers I've always been watching films that I shouldn't be watching (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know I think I think you know listening to the mixture of you know whether it's whether it's Wu-Tang, whether it's Public Enemy, whether it's ice Cube, you know, that early days stuff. You know, I think there was a bit of me uh, that liked that edgier, darker style, you know? Yes, I could watch. I could watch, you know, in terms of growing up, uh, yeah, something like fresh or or, or something like, Oh, what's the one with uh, Medicine Minister Society? You know, you know, yeah. and and yeah, and the other one with yeah, it's fresh. What's the one with Tupac? I'm getting it mixed up now. That's the one Oh Oh, juice. juice, Juice, Juice. Yeah, Fresh is another amazing film about with Samuel Jackson, the kid playing chess. Oh God, that's an amazing movie. So Fresh, Juice, uh, Minister Society. There's there's something in those movies that was very hard and dark, but like the truth of it, and, the, and knowing that, I think being in East London, knowing that like there, I knew people like that around my world and stuff like that, but I was never that type of, really that type of kid. But, you know, you're always rubbing shoulders with somebody very, one step away from that world. And um, I think what I'm saying is that, you know, it was nice to play in terms of a Shakespearean role that could really, really go there, and, and, and yeah. not get caught up in, the stereotypical stuff and whatnot. He was just like, "This is a great, great, great villain," you know. And uh, yeah, and he had status as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, and th- yeah, dark definitely is the word because because yeah. I didn't know I did I don't know the play at all. And then I just I just read the speech for like, out of context, just read it um, for what it was, and I was just like, "Bloody hell, this is this hardcore, man! This it's hardcore.
1: It's so hardcore." And you know, if you think of uh, Pacino you know, uh, at the end of Scarface, I'm like, you know, cause we started off with like my, being at school. And I'm just thinking of these sort of films and actors that I was, I was drawn to before I even knew I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a footballer. I wanted to play for, for Liverpool, you know, that was my dream. Um, but that Scarface thing where he, before his final scene, you know, he's like, come on, say hello to my little friend. It's like, it's the equivalent of that. For me, you know, he's like, "Yes, I did all these things. I did all these things, and I would do them you know ten thousand times more. you know, and it's like, "Wow, wow that's that's amazing. <laughs> Imagine doing that on the, at the national theater I've, I've not played yeah. the role yet, so I'm hoping I will still get to play it before.
0: Oh <laughs> it's surely, too late. surely.: yeah, so are you are you up for, for reading the speech then?
1: yes yes <laughs>
0: uh, that be weird. so what sort of context is is it aaron's just been they're about to kind of kill him off on are, are they seeing if he's going to kind of repent for all his sins or
1: yes they're seeing if he's going to repent for his sins uh you know uh he, he had a baby with the queen he 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 was involved with you know uh involved in rape and uh, he basically destroyed the family. You know, he's the guy that was uh, pulling all the strings and uh, they're asking him to just almost like say sorry and ask for forgiveness. And, and they're like, so what do you say? You know, what do you have to say to us? And as a proud man, proud, crazy, evil man. This is what he says. I, that I have not done a thousand more. Even now I cursed the day, and yet I think few come within the compass of my curse. Wherein I did not some um, notorious ill, as kill a man, or else devise his death, ravish a maid, or plot the way to do it, accuse some innocent, and forswear myself, set deadly enmity between two friends make poor men's cattle break their necks, set fire on barns and haystacks in the night, and bid their owners quench them with their tears. Oft, oh, I have digged up their men from their graves and set them upright at their dear friends' doors, even when their sorrows almost were forgot. And on their skins, as on the bark of trees, I have with my knife carved it in Roman letters. Let not your sorrow die, though I am dead. <laughs> I have done a thousand dreadful things, as willingly as one would kill a fly. And nothing grieves me more heartily indeed but that I cannot do. Ten thousand more.
0: <laughs> wicked, wicked, wicked!
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. You know, when you're facing your death, oh, he's not begging for his life. He's like, "Yes, take my life." I did all these, all these things, and I'm, I'm gonna go out like this. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's pure, uh, pure badness. Pure yeah. badness.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a nice I mean, guy, really, but I like being a bad guy yeah, every
0: yeah. now and then. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it just when I, yeah, I mean, reading it, when I was reading it, I was just, like, the rhythm of it, the rhythm struck me so hard, and that's what made me think about going back to, like, Wu-Tang and, and those guys, and you were talking about getting you in the zone for Chekhov. But, um, like, just some of the, the rhythm of the lines is so, like, edgy and sharp when he talks about the, the burning up haystacks and... Yeah it's yeah. just raw it's raw yeah. like.
1: and carve your name carve your name in yeah. roman letters. you just like, the, the, the imagery of that and uh, and um also for me i suppose what happened for me is that once i started doing a bit more shakespeare it really made me think about sort of sort of hip hop and rap do you know what i mean in terms of you know the rhythm and and, and the delivery of verses and and basically shakespeare you know you get taught to ride the iambic pentameter you know and uh, and yet i think you know with the uh, olivier and gilgood and like there is this set way it needs to be or it should be you know that's what you get told but there was something that i found in myself that once i just sat on my natural rhythm you know my natural rhythm from from how i speak from my culture from, the, you know, the music I listen to, whether it's hip hop, rap, whether it's drum and bass, garage, you know, <laughs> jungle. And and once I just sort of, I learned the technique and I forgot about that and I just, like you say, riffed in my way, flowed in my way, then suddenly it helped me understand Shakespeare much much more, you know, and, 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 in, and in, some t- in some ways people might say, oh, uh you that's different. That's not how I saw so-and-so do it. And I'm like, well that's what makes plays in Shakespeare so great, that we can all, you know, give our interpretation, you know? And so I I really feel that when I say young actors, I, I just I, I try to encourage them to bring themselves to the to, to, to Shakespeare and, and even try to put it in your own words first and then get back to the text. And just and just trust your instinct, your natural rhythm, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, alongside riding the iambic pentameter, and uh, and so I went from being scared of Shakespeare to actually loving it.
0: Yeah, I was just I was just thinking um, when yeah, when I was listening to your, your speech. Uh, of Aaron from Titus Andronicus, I felt like I, I felt like I could hear a bit of your Nigerian heritage coming through at times.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah, that's interesting. Um, again, like it's interesting you to say that. Yeah, I, I think that's back to what I was saying in terms of trying to connect to that part of yourself, you know, and and bring that to it and. And you know, I, I, I'm not aware of it, but it's interesting that that that, that kind that where that, that comes out, where's that coming from?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um maybe it's a good time to move on to your to the tune that that reminds your family.
1: Okay, 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 okay. And again, this one it was so it was it was hard, you know, cause there's so many uh songs that go through my mind you know but um but this one uh, is basically one that my mum used to play all the time and uh it's called amigo by black slate and uh you know i was listening to it the other day and i realized i was like let me watch the video and i remember watching the video you got this. It's fantastic, a reggae band like wearing sort of the hats, the Mexican hats, and the, the, the guitars and stuff like that. But the song just reminds me of sort of my mum co- cooking, and 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 also Amigo would be part of a, my mum's mixtape as well. She had a tape, and I remember when this would come on, I would sing it with her, you know. Just. I used to enjoy just saying, amigo, 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 amigo. You know, and I was just like, this makes me feel so happy. It fills me with love. I enjoyed seeing my mom happy singing it. And and it it also, it reminds me of, I don't know, it, it reminds me of some songs, they feel warm, you know? I'm, I'm a sun baby, I love the sun. And so when I'm listening to that, I don't even know if it was sunny at the time, but it makes me think of sort of summer summer holidays when it was really, really hot, you know? And, uh, uh, and to the point where you look down the side of the wall and you see the little heat wave, you know? It just reminded me of sort of my, my family time, my youth, and I suppose innocence, right? when it's not, you haven't got a care in the world, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world at that time, but for me, when that song came, it was just, it was just happiness, it was love, it was beautiful. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, and so, whenever I hear that, it it, it just takes me straight back to that, 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 that little kid, you know, uh, and and it reminds me of my mama and that mixtape you know and 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 also in terms of yeah my dad that would who would probably made the mixtape for her uh and uh and it's just yeah i don't know like love and peace man do you know what i mean it's love and peace you know it's 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 just it's just there's again from one end you're like jimmy you started off with (laughs) wu-tang (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know like certain lyrics that I we could say but you know I don't need to be saying we know what's going to be what the, the detail of those songs are to yeah yeah some, some beautiful reggae just love and peace and I think um for me my musical taste it's a bit like my musical taste reminds me of my acting career in terms of that yeah, you know, I'm still, yeah, I'm still a bit peed that you know, I'm not, I've not done a stint in Top Boy yet, <laughs> you know, or or I missed the wire, you know, and yeah, at the same time, I love putting on an afro and playing Aegis El-, El Elba's brother in in the long run, you know, and and just having some fun or playing crackhead Mick, you know, and um, and I, and I think that's the same with my music in terms of Black Slate to, to uh, you know, Wu-Tang Clan, but also, you know, Eddie Grant, you know, <laughs> just some like some random things that are just going, kind of like, wow, yeah, I remember listening to that one quite a lot, you know, musical youth as well, you know. Yeah. And then I realized, even though I'm Nigerian, I, I, if we look at the rise of Afrobeat now over the last 10, 15 years, i say everywhere, it's beautiful to see you know, but I remember the 90s, early 2000s, loving like, like, Bashment, Ragga. you know, like, you know, and, and it also shows you how, how music keeps changing as well, you know, I suppose you can look at if you look at, you know, what, you know, you can get into the, the Wiley and Stormzy and all of that Do you know I mean? but just in terms of even, <laughs> Sort of UK music and stuff like that. Yeah. And how that you know what? Think,
0: just thinking about, just thinking about the, the Wiley Stormzy clash. As you mentioned it, when when you um, that was another thing when you read the Shakespeare, the Aaron Aaron speech. It, it just made me think what Shakespeare would make of like clashing culture. Yes. And I was thinking you like, you wouldn't want to clash Shakespeare, no way. Oh. Like, no. He's coming out with the coldest the coldest <laughs> lines. Like.
1: It's true. It's true. <laughs> It's true, and, and that's the thing though. That's the thing where it's so funny that I was so afraid of it, but it's Shakespeare is so close to the, the stuff that I listen to. I mean, I'm, I've never been able to be a proper MC. I would always pretend I could, you know, if I, if I went to a remote yeah. island somewhere, I'd jump on the mic and rip off somebody's rhymes. But, but Shakespeare is so close to that part of our culture. You know, that's why Akala, does, you know, had the Shakespeare hip hop workshops, you know, he was a, he was teaching kids going, look, this, this is, you're already doing this. You know, he would break it down. He would do a Richard III speech and go, look, this is what he's saying. And then he, he would drop a speech from a, some other artist that they listen to just to show them that, look, it's the, it's the same, you know, and-, and, and, and Yeah, to- I
0: remember seeing that he did, he's got that TED talk, hasn't he, where he kind of tricks the audience into comparing rap artists with Shakespeare, and they can't work out which is which. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, and, that, and I love that
1: Akala. Even if you look at like Akala's style, you know, me and him, you know, and what he does, and uh, it's 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 different from most of the artists, especially here in the UK. But there's a place for it. There's the, it really is. And but also that that empowering young people and just let them know that don't be afraid of it that you can understand it and, uh, and that and that I do agree with you you know Shakespeare's Globe <laughs> it would be a battleground it would be a jump off do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, what I mean? yeah man oh, it. it would gosh. be a jump off it would, it would. Um, have, you, have you read um, as you mentioned Akala have you, have you read his book Natives? I have uh,
1: absolutely loved it I, I, I did the audiobook actually you know um and it was really, I just, you know what I loved about it is that there were a lot of things that I knew and then there was lots that I didn't know, you know. And I think with similar ages, or I'm a little bit older, but there were some uh, moments in history that he was pulling out and I was like, I remember that. I remember that happened. Oh, my God, that was a big deal. I didn't really get the full context of, of, of that situation. He talks about Linford Christie and, you know, and, and, and other pioneers and icons like your friend Bruno's and Diane Abbott's. And it was so powerful listening to, listen to his book because I just finished uh, filming and hosting a, a panel comedy panel show. I'm sorry, I didn't know. It's created by my production company and uh, Triforce Productions, and it's it's a it's a comedy panel show, a bit like QI. Have I got news for you? But it's about Black history, you know, and you know, and it's a great way to entertain, educate, and enlighten, and and have fun. right. You know? So I'm the host. I'm the I'm the sort of the Black Stephen Fry in the chair, and, then we, <laughs> and, and we switch that and have two female captains, two black women. And then we just mix up the guests as they come and go. And um, the whole reason for us doing the show is because one, there's nothing like it on TV around the world, let alone the UK. But two, history, like black history is everybody's history, but it does get sort of marginalized a lot, you know, put to the side, you know, and and so, we wanted to, in a fun way, without hitting people over the head with it, just go. Well, look, let's watch the show, watch, watch, all sorts of people. Doesn't matter what you know, race, age, who, who you are. Not know everything about history and find out about how much is erased from our history or, or or left out. You know, mm-hmm. ignored. And and so when I listened to Akala's book, he he really gives you the flip side and everything you know he talks about when Nelson Mandela you know uh was in prison and, uh, and the involvement of, you know our governments and 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 and, and they and the history of where certain sort of money comes from or or or, or the treatment of sort of you know I'm big into uh, sports as well the treatment of certain football players the difference by by the press and stuff like that and uh and and so within our game show, we wanted to not just tell people what they already knew. We wanted to tell people things that they didn't know. You know what I mean? Like you know, like the who invented the CCTV camera? You know what I mean? It's a woman. You know, it was a black woman. You know, and uh, and yes, all politicians make mistakes. But let's 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 celebrate Diane Abbott. You know what I mean? You know, it's hard for her being a woman and a woman of color. But let's not let's not let's not. Let's not disrespect her. Let's celebrate the work that she's done. She was one of the first. Yeah, and, let's, and actually, let's go through a lot of the first of the MPs. Now, let's let people try and guess when the first black mayor was. And, and, you know, and, and, and just all these things that, unfortunately, not really taught in schools, you know? And and if we do see, uh, I don't know, uh, a World War II movie, <laughs> It's, you know, I don't see anybody that sort of looks like you know, like me, you know, or my family, and so we wanted to do that via a game show. It's called Sorry, I Didn't Know. It's uh, coming out, I think, on the sixth of October on ITV uh, One uh, this this year. And so, Carla's book does that a lot, and you know, he talks about you know microaggressions and stuff. He talks about being taught at schools, you know, and,
0: yeah, that that was the the mad part for me because I, I was actually at both of his schools growing up oh. Um yeah and then but like you were saying it was such a it showed me so many things I didn't know from a from a perspective of going going to school and I guess I was I mean I was I, I'm aware of my white privilege but the book reading the book made me realize I hadn't I kind of hadn't really I don't know There's just stuff went on in school I had no idea about mm. um and like when he's describing some of the teachers, I um, I could tell what teachers he was talking about and then it was just it was just nuts to think I was in that school with the same teachers but having such a different experience um, to him or other kids, other black kids. It was just yeah, it was quite it was it was it was chilling to read it, but fascinating as well.
1: Fascinating, right? Fascinating. He was still for me fascinating and and even some of those teachers, I think some of that them not realising as well. Do you know what I mean? There's there's some that I just thought there's this almost unconscious bias and i don't know it was it was really really fascinating but also fascinating on the sort of the, the global national scale as well you know in terms of like not much as how much has changed you know what i mean you know um you look at stuff like the new cross fires and you know and you know or or the, the bricks and riots and um and and for me, it really made me think about, I could go back 40 years, 50 years, and and, and go, look, yeah, there's been some amazing things, but there's still a lot of things that have, that have been kept the same, you know? And uh, I feel like now I'm hopeful for real change, I suppose, yeah, uh, across the board. But, uh, so as in my industry, uh, I'm noticing a bit more openness to really to really listen and to act. Whereas I think over the years there's always been sort of some moments like these, and then it sort of p- pitters out and it goes back to how it always is, you know. And I think yeah. time now where the the whole world wants change in in, in all areas, you know, and so it's going to be. It's going to take time, it's going to be tough, but I just feel like the timing of that book as well, <laughs> you know, yeah, definitely. It, 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 it's so poignant, and so important. And, um, and it was great again, when you just hear his journey, you know, mm-hmm. if we go back to that, that song, if I changed my name tomorrow, my journey would be the same his journey. He could have been a footballer, you know, you know, he, uh, he could have been sounding more American, you know trying to be that type of rapper he decided not to use cuss words anymore swear words you know and then you know he went off and you know <laughs> got a phd and you know now he's a lecturer you know like yeah, he's he, he's so inspiring he's so inspiring
0: I'm just thinking one question i haven't asked um i normally ask this towards the beginning but i'll just try and mix up the order of the questions anyway just to to um go with the flow as it were but uh it was, it was the song that's kind of got you through some hard times. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Ooh, child.
0: Ooh, child. Things are going to get easier. Ooh, child, things are going to get brighter. Ooh, child, things are going to get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter.
1: You know, ooh, child, things are going to get easier. I think that's the the, the five stair steps, right? And uh, I first heard the five stair steps song, ooh, child, when I was watching uh, Friday in the cinema. And uh, it's after uh, Morris Chestnut gets shot, Ice Cube's brother. And again, they made a really good jungle song. Wicked! And <laughs> gets shot. And then there's a montage scene where they play this song. And, and uh, it's, actually no, I don't think that is the scene. I don't think that is the scene. But there, I think there's a scene where Ice Cube as a kid gets arrested. And then, my, and then um Cooper Gunn Jr.'s character sees it happen. And I think it's the changing point in their friendships. Like they all start going off into their separate journeys. But I remember the song being played over this montage was, ooh child, it was gonna get easier. And I, and I just remember, I remember just crying, just being in tears, like it just really, hit me struck a chord with me you know and um and and i think for me at that time in my life as a kid you know it just i felt like the song was speaking to me as well you know uh, i don't know i didn't don't remember being unhappy and sad at that point but i think it definitely it definitely triggered uh, some of the things that were inside me you know uh, that I'd been through up to that stage and I was still very very young when I saw that film but it just hit me and look the words alone ooh child things are going to get easier I was, like, I was like oh it's such a beautiful song and and there's a couple of things happening there that's a cinematic experience for me of expressing emotion, emotion you know I think I was on my own as well in the cinema blubbering and also appreciation of the song. And again, this thing, I love sun. I love sunset. So it's very happy. It was amazing. It was very upbeat. It's happy. Even in the song, they're in LA, you know, (laughs) where I spend a lot of my time now and it was bright, but there was still the happiness and sadness alongside each other, you know? So I had all these things going on. Like, oh my God, I'm loving this movie. I'm upset about it, (laughs) you know? I'm feeling stuff. You know, oh, I love this track as well. Oh, wow, this is this is like a, probably one of my top two sort of cinema experiences. You know, in terms of watching a film and and really being affected. I and mean, I think it just it just hit me in so many different ways. And since then, it's been my song from hard times. You know, I don't listen to it a lot. You know, I just bring it out every now and then, and and it. It brings a, a smile to my lips because I remember that moment. But also, it, it, it's it, it's like it hugs me. Do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's almost like it's like it's like the, the adult version, is good, like hugging the kid version of myself, and, and like enjoying that moment and just just let me have a bit of a recharge. You know what I mean? It just recharges yeah. me, recharges me. Like I feel like sun recharges me. And my energy and uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's just something I always play. I'm just feeling a bit, yeah, feeling I'm going through a hard time. Do you know what I mean? And uh, uh, and yeah, and yeah, I don't overuse it, but as soon as I saw that question, I was like, that's the one,
0: yeah. I know those ones, some machines you have to just use them sparsely, yeah. for very special moments, is not it? It's-
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yeah um and there is something look I, I i at that age I don't think i again I don't think I knew I wanted to be an actor then, but there's something in oh what happened oh what that was weird <laughs> you know, I only cry when I, I cut my leg or you know uh, you know, I fall over, why was I crying from watching a film? you know there's that bit as well and uh and so there is that strong connection where it's all connected do you know what i mean it's all connected uh, you know that that it, it had an effect on me i didn't know what i wanted to do but i'm doing what i'm 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 doing what i was affected by you know I, i'm 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 acting you know I mean, it was a film i'm actually doing that now and uh, I understand it more but the song if we go back to the song the song just the song is just beautiful the song is just
0: beautiful it is, it is. I realised like obviously when you said the song, I knew the song, but I didn't actually know the original version because it's like, that it's, it's featured in so many like hip hop tunes over the years. People yes. just sing it. Um I think it's in Bashi's Black Boys tune, they sing it then. Yes! And like yeah, he yes. sings they and then but, yes. so I really I didn't even I didn't actually know the original, so it was like it was nice to go back and yes. hear how hear how it started. Yes, look at
1: that. And and again, that's why I love that tune as well so much. That came on the radio the other day. I literally text Bashi. I was like, listen, dude, listen to this. I WhatsApp to you, I was like, oh, this tune, has so much for me. Again, way ahead of its time, way ahead of its time. But I forgot that that's the samples running through it. That's why I probably love it so much as well, you know?
0: Yeah, it's like you were saying, everything's connected. Everything's connected,
1: <laughs> everything's connected, you know? It's, it's, I love it, I love it, I, That's I, I didn't realise that. And you're right, I, I've i heard it in other songs, but I had, you know the you know your elders, like, I had to go back to the original, do you know what I mean? I had to go back to the original, I think, I'd heard the original first, so I was like, I always go back to the original, what's the original? You know, um, because a lot of music now, a lot of music now, we hear it and sometimes, the older we get, the harder it is to, to find the original source, right? <laughs> you know, someone yeah. says, oh, so-and-so did that. It's like, you, look, you dig deep and go, no, that's not the original. <laughs> that's just when you first heard
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It's a, it's a beautiful tune. It is. I love it's, it. Kind of, it's kind of, I was, when I was listening to it, I was thinking, it's it's exactly what you'd want a child to hear if they were upset about something. Um, but then in, in the same breath, like from an adult perspective, I was thinking... It's not really true. Like, thing as you get older, things tend to get harder and harder. <laughs> obviously, that's the that's the last thing like a, a poor kid wants to hear at a, at a time of like yeah um, dis- distress.
1: Well, it's, it's, I know it's It's again. It's like the right smile, you sweet. Like, ah, like, oh, it's such a beautiful song. Some of these lyrics, I don't know if you. don't know if that's right, but, <laughs> I'm, but yeah. I'm just gonna believe it for a second. I'm just gonna believe it for a second, you know. But but you're right. It's it's. Ah, oh, anyone, anyone cheering up? They should, they should play this tune. It's just yeah, it's just beautiful.
0: Yeah, lovely. Um, I think the final one to ask you was around yeah, a favorite tune on a mixtape that someone's made for you.
1: Yes. Oh gosh. So when you, this is brilliant. Um, there's always this. I try. I was just trying to think. There's a story with a lot of these songs. Why? Well, that's probably why I picked them. And great questions, but. Uh, I had a mixtape uh, that was made for me in 2004 uh, by Gupreet Bharti and, uh, and uh, she's a playwright and we did a play called Bershti and it was set in a Sikh Gurdwara temple and uh, it was at Birmingham Rep and we rehearsed for three weeks we did about a week of previews and then it opened But during rehearsals. Burmian Rep invited the local elders from the Sikh community in just to, know, what do you think? And they didn't like the play. a uh, Sikh female writer, she was just writing about some experiences that some females have had. You know, they weren't, it wasn't positive, but it was coming from truth. You know, it would say that all uh, and all, all Sikh temples are like that, but this story was coming from truth and they hated it they, they they hadn't watched it but they they were very angry that Birmingham rep ignored them and then they stormed the building uh, the following week and and attacked the set we locked ourselves in our dressing room uh, wow. I went from yeah, I went from, I'm um, from East London, I can handle myself, whatever, to that. ah, lock the door, lock the door. It was crazy, it was crazy. Uh, I, I felt like I was in a Kevin Hart movie. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, no, I don't care. I remember for the matinee, I think it was a Saturday, I came down uh, Broad Street and I walked up to the theatre and I just saw like hundreds, let's say about four or 500 people. And I thought it was some, you know, some festival. You know, and like, I was like, oh, is this some ancient festival? It's definitely not Devon. Oh, is it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I was like, what is this? And then I'm walking through a crowd of people shouting, shouting. I'm seeing these little pointy sort of like, knife sword things. I was like, oh, OK, that's interesting. And then I look at my stage door and it's like slow motion. Everyone's like, Juber, run, come this way i was like, what's going on? And I'm walking, like slow motion, like, "Oh, this, is, this feels like it's like a little Asian carnival thing. I get to my stage door, they grab me, Jimmy, are you okay? Are you okay? I was like, what's going on? What's going on? Jimmy, we're being attacked, we're being attacked. I was like, be quiet. Next minute, smash. The stage door uh, window got smashed. And then I screamed, I like, we ran to our dressing rooms and, Basically, locked ourselves in our dressing room, threw everything died down, and then I remember I was driving a a Vauxhall Tigra in them days. I jumped in my car and I drove out of Birmingham. Like we didn't get to finish the play. It was in like the national newspapers. It was in the New York Times, and then the whole discussion about censorship. Do you know what I mean? Because you had Jerry Springer on as well, and then had this play. It was like, well, what can you write about? What how how can you talk about these issues? You know, uh, and um, and uh, it was a little bit traumatic, actually. And a sense of like, yeah, there was a moment we feared for our lives a bit, you know? Maybe they weren't gonna do anything to us, but it was about just smashing up the set. Uh, but it got a bit scary because you just didn't know. Uh, and then there was the other thing where we didn't finish the play. Uh, we didn't get to finish the play. We rehearsed it. Mm. We did about a week of performances, you know, a week and a half, and we didn't get to to finish it. And so, you know, press night and stuff. You you buy people cars and gifts. And this is uh, it was a gift from the writer. And the mixtape had songs from the show. And there's a moment. You know, I said earlier, I could never do what my brother does. I could never sing. I had to sing in the play uh, this Stevie Wonder song, "You Are the Sunshine." You know, and 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 I remember like every night going, "Oh, I can't sing. I've got to do this." But at the same time, I love the song. And again, the song talks about sunshine, talks about love. The characters singing it to this beautiful Asian woman that he's falling for, that he's kissed. There was a big thing, that black guy kisses an Asian woman in the play. And I was just like, I love the moment, you know? I hate it, uh, you know, find it hard to do the thing, but I love the moment. And so throughout the whole mixtape, I can't tell you what other songs were on this mixtape because every time the Stevie Wonder song came on, I loved it. And also because it's one that I I always loved, uh, I just called, you know, to say, I love you, you know what I mean? And my sharing more and stuff like that. So this one I was like, I know it, but I didn't really know it that much. And I I felt like I got to know it on this job, you know? And and another job that I got chased out of Birmingham, feared for my life, didn't get to finish the play, reading about, us being attacked in all the newspapers, and you know, it went around the world. And then, also, the next job after that was the job that has changed my career, my life was Blue Orange. So that's when I met your dad, I met Kathy Burke for the first time, Sean Evans, and then since then, I've you know, I've not stopped working. So that's it's a it's a it's a really important. Mixtape and an important song, you know, um, because that was a crazy time.
0: Wow, wow, and that's yeah, that feels like a good note to go out on with Stevie. You can't, you can't, you can't top Stevie, can you?
1: You can't, you can't top Stevie. Yeah, you can't top Stevie. Positivity, love, ray of light, sunshine, and uh, I think today there's a bit of sun out as well as, uh, outside. So. You, can't. you a, are the sunshine of my life That's why I'll always be around You are the apple of my eye Forever you stay in my heart
0: Thank you for listening to Mixtape Assembly produced by myself, Hartley Lloyd-Pack with theme music courtesy of Clive from Accounts and backing vocals by Suspense and Janine. You can hear Jimmy's song selection on the Spotify playlist, which is linked into to the episode's description notes, so do go and check that out. It's at Mixtape Assembly on social media, with news on future episodes coming real soon. So until then, people, stay very, very, very safe.